Welcome to episode 18 of the Process Breakdown Podcast. Are you thinking of creating a custom workflow management software for your business? A software that will manage the entire business processes for your business? In this interview, my guest reveals how she built a custom workflow management software to systematize her entire business, even though she had no prior technical background. You will discover how, as a result, she's able to successfully manage her 40 employees and generate over $6 million annually on a predictable basis based on the systems that she has in place. But before we get started with the interview, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you tired of being the bottleneck in your business? Do you want to get everything out of your head? and document step-by-step how you get your tasks done so that your employees know what you know and they can get tasks done correctly, sign up for a free 14-day trial or sweet process. And now, let's get started with the interview. Hi, my name is Owen Begapinawa, and welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where I get on successful entrepreneurs to come on here and reveal how they've been able to create systems and processes for their business that literally now enable them to run their business uh, on autopilot without their constant involvement. And my guest today is Deborah Swinney, and she's the CEO of MyCorporation.com. Deborah, welcome to the show. Hi, Owen. Thanks for having me. So let's dive right in. How, how, do you, you know, how has your company been transformed as a result of systematizing your business? Well, one of the most important things is our responsiveness to our customers. And so tr- systematizing our business has enabled us to be more responsive to our customers, to be on top of their needs. We are talking to small business owners who are incorporating or forming LLCs, and they usually need it right away. So our goal is to be responsive, and so automating and systematizing our business has really helped make a difference. And how, how would you say your personal life has been transformed as a result of uh, having a systematized business? As with anything with a small business owner, I think your heart and soul is in the business, right? And when you are able to let your team take ownership and run their component of the business, once it's systematized and organized, then you have the ability to take a deep breath and, and be away from the business at times. I find that my time away from the business gives me better perspective at times and gives me a better opportunity to think about strategies for the business. So really, attributing ownership to my employees has made a big difference. So what exactly does your company do and, and what big pain do you solve for your customers? We incorporate and form LLCs for business owners and entrepreneurs. We do the filing and the paperwork. So when you want to form a corporation, for example, in Florida, and you know that that's where you want to incorporate, you come to us and we prepare the paperwork for you, and then we file it with the Secretary of State in Florida and do all of your annual filings so that you know that you're on top of your filings and requirements year over year as your business continues. Okay, so basically if they're just starting out, they want to incorporate you're the company to come to, you handle all that stuff for them. And one of the things my listeners like, they want to understand the scale of your business, and so how many uh, full-time employees do you currently have? We have 34 full-time employees today, and we have 12 part-time people who do social media, PR, and other related services that may not be totally full-time. We employ a lot of students who are academics, um, and, and um, kind of get the word out about our service. And in terms of revenue, you know, what was last year's and what you're probably thinking of doing this year? Sure. Last year's was just over $6 million and our growth for this year, we're projecting about $7.5 million. That's impressive. <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. <laughs> yes, so we, we've admitted to the listener that your business is systematized, but before it got to this point, there obviously had to be, uh, you know, uh, some, you know, hitches and challenges you had to deal with in the past. So. 
take us back to you know uh, what, what what would you say was the lowest point in your business and describe how bad it got. Sure, I think that the lowest point was when demands for the customers were coming. Our team was not as organized as we would like them to be. We were having issues with it, our renewal and revenue growth was exponentially increasing, but we had a difficult time tracking customers, their needs, the requirements in the states, and all of the demands that they were needing as entrepreneurs and business owners. My employees were frustrated, and so I felt the frustration. And then as a result, we realized we really need to be absolutely on top of not just the original filing, which you do with the state to begin with, but all of the annual filings that a business has to maintain, or we're going to have upset customers, people who aren't in compliance with the state, and my employees are going to be going crazy. So I think that was the kind of aha, low, low moment when we knew we needed to really get things in order. You also mentioned during the pre-interview that uh, one of the difficult aspects of running the business is that you know, you're not you know, so skilled at managing other employees. Uh, you know, I think you mentioned that you're, you're an attorney by trade, and you know, you, you, you shine individually, and now you're brought into this situation where you have to manage people. Let's talk yep. about that, you know? No, I think that was my single hardest point as an individual was learning that when you're a lawyer, which I was, by, I'd been trained to be a lawyer, I practiced in law, my focus was intellectual property and corporate law. That's an individual role. I worked with my clients, but I did my own work. I sat behind my desk. I worked with the judges, but I worked by myself for the most part. I wasn't managing a large group of employees. And I think that was my single biggest learning point, was when you have 40-plus employees, uh, it is a lot of work staying on top of their needs, their requirements. Even the customers complaining to them or talking to them or asking questions created a big opportunity area for me to learn to grow as a manager. And I think that was one of my biggest opportunities. Funny enough, the business was owned by Intuit prior okay. to me buying the business back in 2009. And it was at that point that I realized, oh my goodness, I am going to have to manage these employees and it's not just about <laughs> running this business and the P&L and staying on top of the law. Now it's about paying attention to personal needs and individuals and it's taken me a while to adapt to that and move from my individual contributor role to a leadership role. So you mentioned two problems. The first part was the issue with uh, making sure that you know the delivery of the fulfillment of the you know, your production side of the business actually delivered and mm -hmm. all, you know, tracking it all the way to completion. And then the other part was the issue of managing the employees now that, you know, you came in from the background where you, 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 you were more of an individual contributor. Now you have to manage people. So let's talk about how, how exactly did you solve each of those problems. Let's get into specifics. I think the first part was with regards to solving for the customers. Our goal was to create a system that automatically filtered the requirements for each state and each customer within the state with their filing dates and what the renewal requirements were so that we didn't have a customer come in the door and have all of these needs and tell them we could solve them without being on top of the dates and on top of the filing requirements. So our technology team has worked the last three years on really, and every day it's an improvement process, an opportunity area for us to get even better. Because the laws change, customer requirements change, we learn about more customer needs, and we try to solve more customer problems. So I think that has been a true opportunity for us to systemize our, our systems on the back end from a technology standpoint. On the front end, from a customer service standpoint and how I deal with my, my team, I've worked really hard at 
being an open door policy, a, a true communication with my team members, managing from, a, from an emotional perspective as a leader and trying to get them on board. But it's also been about communicating, about sending, I send weekly updating emails saying, here's what our strategy is for this week. And then I do monthly analysis. I look back on the prior month. I look forward on the month to come. So I make sure that our team is all on the same page. And that's been a process. I really believe in communication. I think that having good communication with your team can let them then do their day-to-day -day better. If they feel like they know what the goals are, then I can let go and let and trust that they know where we're headed and then move in that direction. And that, too, has given me, although it takes management skills and forethought, it also take, gives me the ability to take a step back and have the freedom to not just be literally heads down in the business 24 hours a day. So you mentioned the two issues, uh, you know, one with the production side, making sure that your team delivered, and the other side with managing the employees. But I'm curious, let's, let's dive in. You know, what, what would you say was the very first thing you did uh, back then? You know, walk us through what you, the very first thing you did. So the first thing with regard to the technology was us identifying the opportunity areas from the customer standpoint and evaluating what they're thinking about and what they need in terms of their demands. And then we look at the whiteboard and we say, okay, here's what our technology needs to do to systematize this process. And then we basically build and we iterate each phase to improve. And we never take our eye off the ball. We continuously work on improving this process. With regard to the employees, my goal is to continue to communicate both in feedback to the employees and setting my expectations for them and also opening my door for their feedback to me. And I think those are the two processes we put in place that enable us to improve on both of those aspects. Let's see if we can make it more concrete because I understand the concept, but uh, is there an example of something specific that you can use from back then that we, we can highlight? Absolutely. So one example is that my uh, development team was proceeding with the development of systems that were not necessarily, uh, we didn't have great communication between us. They would go and work for a month or two on a project and then release it, and it wouldn't be exactly what we were looking for. And so once we started communicating, and I, was, I said, here's how we need to evaluate this project, here's what the big picture scope is, then they were able to dial up what it looked like for them over the next week, the next month, and even the next two to three months, and iterate against those projects. And so basically what it takes is us taking really clean assessment on one single project launch and realizing that we needed to be very specific about the expectations. And so it was that project that led us to realize that when we communicated weekly on what were our expectations for the following week, what we had achieved relative to that, and what we were going to launch that Thursday, or Thursday is our launch day, then we really understood where we were going. And from there, the next step was we then communicated to our broader team, okay, here's what we're launching on our website this week. Here's the latest product or update. Here's how we're going to execute against this with the customers. And those were the steps that we took. And from that point forward, we just repeat, we call it rinse, wash, and repeat. Like go through it again, set our next goal, set our next uh, timeline, and then work through it that way. So what specific systems you have in the business that basically now enables it to run without you? Our real system is that our technology enables us to, for example, when someone places an order, it goes automatically into our system, 
and then that order is held in our system until the documents are prepared. The documents are then sent to the state, and then we get the documents back and they're automatically forwarded to the customer. So that means that I do not need to be worrying about whether my employees are responding to the customers or if they're um, preparing the documents in time. All of it's automated. We're able to see a dashboard that says where the documents are in that stage of the, of the process, and then we're able to respond to our customers. In addition, my employees are, are tasked to stay on top of those roles, and so we always know where they are. I don't need to be here to make sure that those documents are getting done, that our customers are happy, and that our employees are doing my, their jobs. One of the things that my listeners always like to uh, have me ask my each guest is, you know, you know, imagine your business like a conveyor belt. On one point is uh, you know, someone who's probably interested in what you're doing, and then the other end is the customer who's happy, is raving that you guys have delivered. So walk us through, you know, using that analogy to, you know, behind the scenes, you know, what happens behind the scenes in detail to allow that to happen? Sure. So the customer, in terms of the customer process, they place the order on the website or they call our salespeople and place an order. Behind the scenes, we see the order come in and we then are able to evaluate what the needs are of that particular order. We talk to the customer to confirm their expectations. We say, if you're filing in California, it will take you 60 days to have your incorporation completed. But if you're filing in Colorado, it can be as quick as 24 hours. So we set the right expectations, and that often requires a phone call or an email to our customers. The next phase is we prepare the documents, and that's the part that's automated. It gets sent to the state. The state takes, like the government, however long they take to get the documents back. And then once the documents are back, we then let the clients know, look, your corporation has been formed or your LLC has been filed, and here's the paperwork. They generally then take that to the bank and open a new bank account, and there begins their business. Okay, so what, what, is there like a in-house tool that you guys are using to manage the entire workflow? Yes. Share the result. What, what, what are you using? Is it? That's, it's, a, it's a proprietary database that we developed. And oh, okay. it goes back to what I was talking about earlier in our, in our conversation where it was that aha moment where we realized that our process is very unique and requires a detailed analysis of how we're going to solve for our customers. And so the preparation of that database that carries us through this process I described of the conveyor belt of what a customer would see if they were inside the business, mm -hmm. uh, that is what we developed on our systematized process. And that's what enabled our employees to plug in where necessary to have human interaction, but to enable the document process flow to go on in the background so that I know as the leader that it's going whether or not my employees are plugging in, and I can feel confident to know that the process is being completed in a timely manner. So I'm assuming that this whole uh, uh, custom solution you had was not built when you when you when you came in and bought the company, right? Or was it already there? There were certain points where things were automated, but there were a lot of points where it wasn't throughout the entire process. So, for example, we would know that a customer placed an order. Mm -hmm. I guess that's obvious, but we wouldn't necessarily know timing on when we confirmed the order, when we completed the documents being prepared, when we sent them to the state, so that we had a big picture of the entire line. And now, where we've gotten even better in systematizing is that every year, these customers who place orders need to renew their filings at the state. Mm -hmm. And we 
notify them their filings are due. It's a great opportunity, a sales opportunity for us to upsell them and say, would you like us to do this annual filing for you? And since our system is so automated, we know when the filings are due, we can notify the clients that they're due, and then we can, of course, collect payment, prepare the annual documents, and send them off to the state as part of that process. So I'm curious, uh, did you come with a, uh, into, the, into the company with a technical programming background? I'm trying to figure out how, you know, you know, if you didn't have that technical background, how were you able to now come in and maybe work with programmers to make sure that they build the custom solutions for you? Because the listener listening to this might be in that same situation and thinking of having a custom solution that basically maps out the workflow behind their business. So yep. how did you do that coming in? I guess the answer is no, I did not have a technical background. Having a legal background definitely helps because I knew the laws and the requirements, mm -hmm. but having a great partner on my technology team who understood the business and knew our goals, so we worked together to develop the systems. And then, of course, having the team on the floor who communicate with the customers. So when we were developing these systems, we involved the team on the floor who talked to the customers so we mm -hmm. could integrate customer pain points. And then we have the technical laws that have the requirements. And then you have, of course, the development and the systems, uh, the programmers, but also even the graphic designers to make our site look in a way that our customers understand and then to get the data into our back-end database so that we have everything we need to process the orders. You know, as with all software, I mean, the listener might not know this, but, you know, you think of the software you love to use today. They didn't start out. Uh, the way they are now, you know, they, they, they probably started with a minimum viable version of it. And I was, I'm trying to figure out when you came in, what were the uh, the core aspects that you guys started with? Because you know, sure. the person listening to this might be in that situation where they want to you know, figure out how to build their custom solution to really, literally map out the entire workflow. But we want to give them like the critical points to focus on based on your right. own experience. And, and the build. critical yeah. Absolutely. The critical points were the database of the customers, basically knowing who placed orders and what their order was. That was how we got the customer in the door, and that was the key critical point. Then knowing that the, the documents went out the door to the customer at the end of the process. But all of the intermediary points, where the document, the workflow process, where the documents were at any given point in time, how long they had been in the state, at the state. And then the add-on of the annual notifications was an additional piece. So you're 100% right. We started with bare bones, database, and are the documents outside the door mm -hmm. or are they in our business? And then we just keep adding on pieces as we realize there are pain points for our sales team, pain points for our customer service team, pain points for our customers, um, and then even pain points for the document processing team, the people that produce the documents. We didn't always have a system that the data flowed automatically into the corporate documents, but now it automatically flows in and the paperwork is produced. And those are the areas where we really continue to optimize and learn more about what our customers need. For example, we just recently added to our workflow the opportunity to, for customers to save documents into our, on our cloud service to store mm -hmm. their documents. And this is a perfect example of something we did not have originally, but added it on because it was a pain point our customers had. When they got to the bank or they had investors, they didn't have their corporate paperwork. They couldn't find it. And if we had to go back to the state and ask them, can you send us a, a, re, a new copy, that mm -hmm. would take months. 
But if we house it, or if the customers are able to upload their minutes or bylaws, operating agreement, annual documentation, their stock certificates, if they can keep all of that on our server, then A, it's an opportunity for us to continue to engage with the customers, yeah. but B, it's also an opportunity for us to offer an additional service that we knew was a pain point. What I got from that regarding the actual workflow was that you guys figured out what were the core parts of the, the workflow regarding you guys being, you know, getting from uh, a customer or someone who's just coming in and signing up and getting them to being able to get the uh, documents filed. You guys figured the core parts of it. And then over time, as you guys hit each snag or each issue that you know, the employees were experiencing, you figured out, okay, how do I add it into the system so that the system is responsible for making sure that this gets done next time. Absolutely. That's exactly how we did it. And I think what makes our business viable is that we don't now just sit back and think we're done. Every day we think about, okay, what's our next thing we can add on to solve for our customers, to make life easier for our employees, to identify new opportunity areas to grow revenue. So all of these, and sometimes one, one add-on solves for all of those things. But sometimes, as you know, we have to prioritize. Okay, this is the project that we do first, and then once we complete that, we move on to the next project. So our developers, many of most of whom work right here in our office, mm -hmm. help us identify which are the projects that can be done quickly and cleanly and launched, and which are enormous projects that may solve a lot of problems but may take a lot longer to execute. So what, I mean, what challenges did you initially experience as you tried to create this uh, custom solution uh, for your business, and how did you solve them? I mean, well, development projects take a long time, and not being a developer, as you asked, do I have a technical background? I'm not. It, there was a gap of communication between me, the lawyer, the business owner who wants things done, mm -hmm. and the development team who is working, and things take a long time. You want, to, you want things done right. You don't want to do them 10 times. You don't want them wrong and launch them with errors. You don't want to lose data. So that was the biggest problem is us figuring out how do we move forward in a systematic way, make progress, but not take forever to get things launched? And so it was all about iterating, identifying core areas where we could improve, adding that onto our platform, and then moving to the next step. You also mentioned during the interview that one of the other issues was, uh, you know, the employees, you know, coming from a background where maybe they were micromanaging. Uh, they didn't have yeah. that whole empowerment uh, thing, you know. Getting into this whole different ideology and different way of doing things was a little bit uh, challenging. Explain that. How so? Can you hear me? No, yeah, I can hear you now. Yes. Uh, the question, uh, I repeat the question. I think during the pre-interview you mentioned that, you know, uh, some of the employees, they came from a background where, you know, there was a lot of micromanaging and they didn't have, you know, this whole thing where you were empowering them. And yeah. that, that really was a whole mindset issue that they had to deal with. And so coming to this new environment, that was an issue. Yes. Explain, I, explain that in more detail and also talk about how you, you know, solve that problem. Sure. I mean, I think as with anything, when people have been in the work environment, we were formerly owned by um, an owner who then sold the business to Intuit, and then from Intuit, I bought the business out five years later. And so there was a lot of different kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, baggage <laughs> from, 
a, a micromanaging boss who then moved on to Intuit, where it was a large corporate organization, mm -hmm. and then to trying to take the business out to a situation that was happy, healthy, progressive, moving in the right direction, where people felt that they could make a difference in the business, mm -hmm. and they felt empowered to run their own day-to-day. And I think that has been a huge transition for me realizing that this was an issue, that people didn't feel empowered, to then mm -hmm. taking action to let them make mistakes and realize mistakes happen, and honesty is the most important thing, and let's get beyond it, and let's try to keep progressing. And now I feel like because people are empowered, even if something goes wrong, we're willing to take more chances and learn and improve our business than if people felt too scared or too nervous to present their ideas or opportunities. And I feel like that communication has really helped our business. Yeah, well, I've heard actually that you know sometimes you know uh, you know when another company is a company buys out another company, you know it's like one of the biggest struggles they deal with is you know how do you manage the culture and the way yeah. they've been used to doing things. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, uh, you know, how did you break down the whole cycle of, you know, the baggage that came uh, with the whole company? Sure. It, really, it took baby steps. Um, and and so? frankly, a lot of it was for me realizing that it was a problem to begin with because I just thought, here we go, we're off on our own, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And it took me to realize, wow, um, there's some employees here who are better in a corporate world and are not better in an entrepreneurial environment. Yeah. And so communicating with those people, is this right for you? You know, maybe being in an organization like Intuit, which was a large corporate organization, is a better fit for certain employees. So identifying those employees where a small entrepreneurial environment was just not a fit. And that was a big opportunity for me to identify those people. Also, I think not always, but sometimes a corporate environment breeds sort of this contentment, like come in, just sort of do your job and go home. But an entrepreneurial environment is really about commitment and working toward a, an end game, a bigger good. And so convincing the team, we're not just here to put in eight hours. We're actually here to do a great job to improve our business and that everyone feels committed to our growth because they're owners of their own destiny. And communicating that over and over has been um, a hallmark of our business, realizing that we're not corporate. We're not just showing up and scanning our tag and walking in the door and sitting down for eight hours. Unless we're making a difference, this isn't the right place. And so for me, it was identifying those opportunities in employees and identifying those employees that could escalate in this environment of entrepreneurism and then identifying those that could not and being open about it. Is this right for you or is it not? Either you step up or, you know, you make a determination that this isn't the right place. And so uh, we understand that, you know, based on what you've been saying so far, that you created like a custom uh, workflow solution. Uh, but during the pre-interview, I was asking, uh, you know, how do you, how does your employees know exactly what they need to do? And you mentioned that uh, you have like a process manual that flows, uh, follows yep. the flow of the business. Can you talk about that? Sure. So when our technology was developed, and as we continue to develop, we continue to Im input the process in, you know, interject into the process flow adjustments that are made. But we have one manual. So a new employee were to come in, they could, they wouldn't, but they could literally read page by page to identify what comes next, what happens at the next stage, and go all the way through the process flow. But what we have is a process where 
there's different stages of the, the flow and mm -hmm. really uh, an employee takes ownership of a particular stage. Yeah. So we have stage A through E and mm -hmm. when you're a new employee, you really learn your stage. And sometimes employees want to shift. They want to move to a different role or a different stage. But for the most part, um, if someone's fit as a salesperson at stage A mm -hmm. and they are great at that, then usually they stay in that role. And that's how we've systematized and been able to um, bring on new employees and have them integrate into the business. You also mentioned that you, you, do, you guys actually, uh, as a result of what you have now, you, you're always working on updating uh, kind of like the manual, the, 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 prop, the, the, the procedures you have in place. Uh, how do you guys do that? I'm just curious. Sure. So like I mentioned, that when, you, when we have new systems developed, we then kind of add in to the physical manual or electronic. It's on, on, our, on our internal system. Yeah. And we clarify, okay, this process has been adjusted and this has been inserted and here's where. For example, with our sales team, I mentioned that we added our document storage. And so that impacts a number of different levels of our business. Mm -hmm. At the technology level, it impacts the maintenance of our developers to maintain the system, to mm -hmm. make sure we have enough um, server room, storage room for all the documents. At the sales level, it's important for the sales team to understand this product, be able to sell it, be able to explain it to customers. Mm -hmm. At the customer service level, it's important for them to know, to tell customers, this is how you use the product, and yeah. this is how you can upload documents or download documents. And so all one product had multiple different touch points within our overall service manual so that yeah. we would have to make adjustments to all areas of the business when we add a product or service. And so how do you now track and verify the results that your employees deliver? So we really are specific. Well, number one is ROI. We focus on return on investment. How much are we spending? What are we getting out? Then, of course, at a very macro level, we focus on profitability. What's our top line number? What's our profitability? And how are we going to improve that over time? It's kind of funny because when we came from the, the business at Intuit, profitability was never an issue. It was how much can we grow our top line. Yeah. But under me, that's just not, it's not viable. I'm not going to spend $20 million to make $10 million. Yeah. I want to spend... Five million and make seven, and next year spend five and a half to make eight, and really look at how we're growing that and improving. So I think that gauging our profitability has been important. We also, of course, assess renewal rates: how many customers that we get in the door come back next year to renew, and then of course conversion: someone who comes to our site and and looks at our site, how many of those people actually place an order with us, and how many do we get to completion? Our best data. Uh, um, the, the best number for us is that number that says the customer that comes in gets to completion 100% of the time. And then we know our opportunity areas are converting more customers, renewing more customers, and improving profitability. Also, during the pre-interview, you mentioned how like the different departments you have, they, have, they also have their individual, their own specific ways in which you track them, one of which was the sales team, the processing team, as well as the tech team. And then you also mentioned the finance team. So all, all these four different teams that you have, let's talk about specifics as to how you're know, having the results being tracked on each of these teams. You bet. So for our sales team, we really track them in terms of their sales numbers. We look at on a given day, on a given week, on a given month. We track them both individually and as a team. And so we set goals for the beginning of the month, and then we work toward incentives throughout the month. So that's purely numbers. How, how are the sales going? How are we converting our customers? 
on the, the finance team, for example, we track it by um, how much cost savings are we identifying, what's our profitability looking like, how on top of our revenue numbers are we. Um, from a tech standpoint, we're looking at what are our goals that we're looking at for the month and how are we tracking against releases on a weekly basis and then on a monthly basis. And then with the tech team, we look a little bit longer term because we mm -hmm. know projects aren't always tomorrow. Yeah. Sometimes they take two months so yeah. or three months, uh, as you know. So yeah. you track daily, you track weekly, but really you're looking more monthly and, and, even, and even biannually. Um, and then the final one I mentioned, or you mentioned, was the, the processing thing. Yeah. And we track that by how many documents are coming in the door on day one, whatever day the order is placed, if it's a Tuesday, for example, yeah. and how many documents we get out of the door on Wednesday, and when we get those documents back from the state. How fast is our turnaround time to process documents and get them delivered to the customer? Wow. And so since now your business literally runs without you for the most part, what would you say has been the longest time you've been away from the business? Honestly, I, I love it so much. I don't go away as much as I as I could because um, I probably could be gone. They would, <laughs> they would laugh at me and say, you can just go. <laughs> but, but I really enjoy being here. And, and so, you know, I go away for a few weeks at least over winter and a few weeks in the summer and travel with my family. But um, I really enjoy being here. The best thing, I think, about systematizing and automating the business gives me the flexibility, for example, to go see my sons speak at an event or go see them play soccer um, if it's the midday or midweek, um, you know, when I have to leave early. It means that I don't have to be here from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. every single day like when I was practicing law. I have that flexibility and uh, I can I can be here because I love it, but not because I have to be. Yeah, and so with all this free time, where do you find what areas of the business you find that you focus most of your time on, and why? Sure, I love to focus on kind of the marketing, PR, um, business development, kind of getting out and talking about our business. I'm passionate about it. Yeah. So that when I'm sharing with customers uh, what we do and how we do it, it it comes across and so people enjoy um, working with our company for that reason and so I think that is my favorite part is talking about our business um, doing marketing doing PR and really even the social media aspects to me are a lot of fun and so what would you say is the very next step that you know someone who's listening to this obviously is probably thinking of you know system of creating systems for their business just like you have in, in your business what would you say is the very next step that the person listening should take in order to have their business uh, get to the point where it can run without them? Sure. I think the next step is really focusing on pain points for customers and pain points for employees, mm -hmm. determining where those align, and then trying one by one. I really don't believe um, the whole saying, shouldn't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. Take little steps. I believe in little steps, whether it's with partners, employees, customers, technology, whatever it is. If you're taking steps and you're making progress, yeah. that to me is significant. If you're thinking of huge leaps or enormous steps, that can sometimes take forever. But if you take little steps and knit away at each little thing, then gradually yeah. you're improving your business. And so I'm curious, I mean, you were, once you were an attorney, but I'm wondering, you know, is this whole mindset of where, where you, you've now been able to systematize your business, yeah, I mean, was it influenced by any books or tools? And if so, you know, can you, you know, recommend those books? 
Cute. Sure. Well, I, I think honestly, it was influenced a lot by colleagues and people who are similar in industries, not not the similar industry, but in similar situations, um, who own or run businesses, who um, have been there and looked at the big picture before. But as you know, a lot of business decisions are based on trial and error. Being in the business, learning, talking to other business owners, whether it's about your employees, about your technology. Sometimes on the soccer field, I'll talk with other parents who own businesses and I say, what do you do, how do you deal with you know, your developers? Or how do you deal with problem employees? Um, mm -hmm. I'm also a member of a number of professional groups. And yeah. those groups are opportunity areas or perfect opportunities to discuss with other business owners how they do what they do and how they improve upon it. Can you name some of those groups? Because maybe the listener might be thinking of joining. I'm just curious. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a member of an organization called WPO, which is Women's President's Organization. Mm -hmm. And there's also another incredible organization called Entrepreneurs Organization, or EO. Yeah. Um, that's an incredible opportunity. And then I'm also on a couple different university boards, and those, uh, both Pepperdine University and Cal Lutheran University. And those have given me opportunities to kind of take a look at board management of businesses, both at a university level, but also as, an, as a small business level, and try to evaluate. It also doesn't hurt that my husband is an entrepreneur, so between the two of us, we're able to bounce ideas off of each other and um, be strategic. And I think the other thing is not beating yourself up. You learn a lot of things, whether it's from reading books. I love the book Onward. Um, Onward by, by who? Onward, Howard Schultz. It's this book about Starbucks. Oh, okay. And it's an incredible book because it talks about how you may you make a lot of decisions that lead to the success of your business, but you also make a lot of decisions that are not good for your business. And it sounds cliche, but a lot of times you learn more from those things that aren't good than you do from those things that are. And I think that it's really about not being afraid to try things, but being aware of ramifications and making calculated decisions. Yeah. So what's the best way for the listener to, you know, connect with you and thank you for doing the interview? Sure. I email is really good. I'm on email all the time. My email is D Sweeney, D S W E E N E Y at mycorporation.com. I'm also on Skype at mycorp.sweeney and um, at Deborah Sweeney on Twitter. Awesome. And, and so um one of the things that we try to do is, you know, you know, continue this conversation even after you know the listeners listen to the interview. Will you be willing to you know come back and if they have a question, you know, and answer their question by the uh, comments? Because I might not have asked you the questions they want me to ask you during the interview. So here's the opportunity to pose the question, uh, and we just want to get you to come back. I'd be thrilled to absolutely. Yeah, and, and one, one thing too is I'm wondering: is there a question that you wish I had asked you during the interview that you know, for some reason I didn't? ask you. And if so, I want you to pose the question and let's talk about it. Ah, um, I think maybe the, maybe a good question would have been kind of what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. Uh, and I think that I, I kind of mentioned it at the end, um, what about the systems that we put in place, what about the process has made a difference in my life. And, and yes, the freedom and time to kind of do my own thing, but I think it's also about that satisfaction of always looking for the next thing, looking for the next system, the next opportunity, how can we improve? And I think that entrepreneurial mindset mm -hmm. that keeps someone always looking for the next best system, the next best process to improve their own business and to solve for their customers. 
So I think that's what makes me excited and makes me happy. Yeah, and so now I'm talking to you, the listener. Now, uh, uh, if you have enjoyed this interview and you want to uh, leave a positive review, you can do that. Uh, leave a positive review on iTunes by going to sleepprocess.com forward slash iTunes. The reason is, is the more uh, reviews we have on there, the more uh, it gets exposed to other entrepreneurs and, you know, they can come on here and learn as well as, as you have. Also, um, if you found this interview useful, I want you to share it with any, uh, any of your entrepreneurial colleagues that you know out there. Let them you know, get to enjoy the interview as well as you have. Finally, if you are at a point in your business where you can no longer be the bottleneck and you want to literally get everything out of your head and document procedures so that your employees know exactly what to do, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. Deborah, thanks for doing the interview. Thanks. My pleasure. Nice talking with you. And we're done. <laughs>